Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. And of course, before we get into our creepy episode tonight about the inspiration behind the movie of Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. A word from our sponsor. Calm your buddy down. Well, guys, the 15% off sale is still going on. There's actually 10 days left. So it's until the 23rd of this month. Um, no code. Uh, just hop right over to Etsy. Search Calm Your Body Down. Everything from the bath bombs to the body creams are 15% off. Um, so grab those while you can. Uh, calm Your Body Down, Etsy, TikTok, and Instagram. Calm your body down. <laughs> the chair kind of did it for me. Nope. <laughs> um, and of course, you guys, you know, we have merch. Please go check out our merch on all of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All at the uh, link tree. Oh my God, my brain. On the link tree, if you click on the link tree, there is a merch button. Please click it. You'll get to see everything we have. We have three different shirts. We have a tote bag and we have stickers. Of course. And I think we're going to try to run a sale soon. I think we should. We should do that. We could do like a spring sale or something. Yeah, we'll try to run a sale soon. We will definitely let you guys. uh, I mean, fuck, we could run a sale to celebrate my fucking birthday. I mean, yeah. We could do that because, you know, my birthday's two weeks from today. If you guys didn't know that, Taurus season is upon us. Thank (laughs) God. You're Not like, it's I, here. I love the Aries. Don't get me wrong, I really do. But I'm so ready for Taurus season. Taurus is the best. Um, and I will defend Gemini's until the day I die. But anyway, so <laughs> always. <laughs> but um, yeah, guys, make sure you check out our merch. Um, because and just to let you know, if you guys are like, well, we don't know where the money is going. I can tell you right now, the money goes back into the podcast. We would really like to have a table at a horror convention someday soon. And if the money doesn't go into that, then it goes into equipment and other things that we need for the podcast. So for sure. Just a little bit of that. Also, before we get started, I'm going to warn you guys, we have some severe thunderstorms coming at some point. I think we will get the episode done before they hit. But if we do not, if we do not, it's okay. We'll just have a very creepy element at, at some point in our podcast. With some thunder and almost a thunder and lightning in the background because you can hear the lightning, <laughs> but with some thunder in the background. And I was telling uh, somebody at work today, I was like, "Man, it's too bad it's not a paranormal episode. That would have just fit. It would have been that great just fit for the a mood. paranormal episode, right? <laughs> but yes, unfortunately, it's not. It's but not. but we I think control the weather. Hopefully, we will be done. But if we're not, you know that it's coming. You'll probably hear. It's supposed to be pretty severe, and we. From what the radar is showing, you're going to hear it. So, I just wanted to warn you guys in case that happens before we finish. But, so let's go ahead and get started this evening. We're going to be talking about Dennis DePue, who was the killer who actually originally inspired the Jeepers Creepers film. Um, We will not reference the movie too much, only because we don't care about the movie because of the director being a pedophile. If you didn't know that, you're welcome. Um, it's pretty common but, knowledge now, but uh, most people, if they don't know, so. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it was really interesting. Shout out to TikTok. 
<laughs> for a variety of different reasons. Also, um, fun fact today, I joined TikTok one year ago. Oh, yay. Or two. I'm sorry, two years I, ago. I'm sure it'll let me know, but I don't remember when I joined. I was like, oh. No um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, total shout out to TikTok for completely bringing this to light for me because I knew nothing about this. And I was like, okay, well, this is a way to talk about it without referencing the movie in any way because of the background with who ultimately uh created and directed the movie um but if you've seen it right when we talk about oh yeah things, you'll you'll know you'll, you'll know exactly what we're talking about for sure um it should also be said that apparently the director himself has never been cited as saying that this is a inspiration but again like casper mentioned you're gonna hear us throughout the course of the article that we're gonna read reference enough things that you're gonna be like okay that sounds exactly shot for shot like the movie yep um i actually watched uh the other thing that was interesting about this case too is that it was featured and actually solved and we'll get into that later on a unsolved mysteries episode i believe it was season three episode 20 is the one i watched um they're free on tubi if anybody's interested they're on netflix too but i i just so happen to watch it on tubi um also if anybody is interested even though this has nothing to do with horror but <laughs> it is the 110 year anniversary of the titanic sinking there is a amazing shout out to tubi not only being a free app please stay free i don't want to jinx that but also having their coming out with their own original programming. There is a incredible new documentary about the Titanic on Tubi that is really, really good. Um, they interview relatives, descendants, information that maybe a lot of you don't know about the Titanic. There were Chinese passengers. There was black passengers. I thought I would say for 14th. Um, right. But it's been 110 oh, years okay. I was this like year. I'm technically so sorry. in two days my on brain. the 15th um, my brain was like it's not today it's the 15th it's two days but it's 110 years it's an amazing documentary I highly recommend it if you have to be again it's free to watch there might be some new information that you didn't that a lot of people didn't know that I didn't know personally um and yeah it also features there apparently I don't even know if it's out yet but there is a vr game about titanic and all of the graphics and reenactments are that are featured they even interview the guy that's one of the creators of the game um there's so many like when they're showing sh shots of like the titanic obviously they're showing they'll show like real pictures but they're showing um a lot of what they show the computer animation parts that you see are directly from this vr game that's supposed to be coming out so like that was Amazing. that was insane that was like insanely good um just talking to the like when they anytime they talk to descendants it's like wild to me like um especially one guy this tripped me out because his dad had him when he was 65 years old. So it was his father. Because most people that are living descendants are like great granddaughter, great grand nephew, great. This was his 
father, his father survived the sinking of the Titanic. One of eight, seven or eight Chinese people that were on the Titanic. There's actually apparently a BBC or an ITV, a British documentary being made about that. Had no idea that there were Chinese people on the Titanic. No. Sorry, James Cameron, you kind of whitewashed. There were just white people on the Titanic. Anyway. I think um, if he, I think any of the black people that were on it were in the poor part. Second if I class. Correctly. No. No, that's something they get into. No, I was saying the movie. I was saying the movie. I don't even think there's any third. I don't even think there's any black people that are third class passengers in the movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. The only black people I remember in the film were the poor. Like, I don't even remember seeing black people in the movie. I think there was one black kid. I think it was just a child, though. I don't Which remember. Which is incredibly inaccurate because right? the black man that was on the ship was Haitian royalty. And he mm-hmm. actually traded in a first class ticket on another ship for second class on Titanic. <laughs> and he was his wife was white and his kids were mixed so like still though that whitewashed. was incredibly inaccurate very whitewashed extremely whitewashed but yeah nothing to do with horror but in case anybody's interested because we all love to be around here definitely for the horror content but shout out to having their own original programming and i'm sure gamers listen i just want a vr set for that freaking game it looked insane. Well, I have a PS5, so if y'all get the VR, we can just combine. Nice. And, Sounds amazing. Yeah. Love it. We can combine and then enjoy it all together. Yes. I'm, I'm excited. Yes. I'm pretty excited. I love the Titanic, though, so I'll have to watch it. I love Yeah, it's really good. But yeah, I did watch, getting back to Dennis DePew, um, I did watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode, and it was crazy. Um, especially since they interviewed the daughter, one of the, da- one of the kids, because there was two daughters and a son. Uh, Marilyn, his wife's parents, they interviewed a co-worker, I think her lawyer. Um, yeah, so that was just really crazy that... You know, because obviously this was all back in the 90s. So, you know, the kids are a lot older now. I'm sure her parents are probably deceased. But it was just like, it was just awful. Anytime you ever, anytime we ever have to do these true crime episodes and you watch any footage where it's the relative speaking out, it's like, the this was a person. It's not mm-hmm. just about, there's so much put around, obviously, about the person that did it because they were the ones that took the life, the psychology, why, whatever, whatever. But it's really that the victim is not to be looked at as just that, a victim. This was a person. This was someone's child. This was someone's mother, father, sister, whatever. brother, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? So um, that was the, that was kind of the eerie. I shouldn't, not creepy because Dennis is creepy as fuck. If y'all have seen pictures of this dude, I'm like, I don't know what. I don't want to be all about looks, but like, there was a yo. I don't even like looking his picture in the eyes. This no. dude's eyes are just like the blackest eyes, the devil's listen, eyes. Listen, listen. <laughs> there was a TikTok going around of that picture that I posted of him and his wife, where these people were watching true crime, and it said like, I've seen him it. and his wife were like super happy or whatever, and then they show that picture, and they're like, <laughs> I've seen. Happy. <laughs> I know exactly what you're yep. talking about. I've seen that. That was really funny. Because I was like, what? Like, excuse me? Um. So the article that we're going to be referencing tonight is, uh, the website is called the True Crime Edition. 
Um, the article is from May of 2021, and it's titled The Killer Who Inspired, who inspired Jeepers Creepers. Uh, so real quick, because I actually had to find this on a different website, on findagrave.com, just to give some quick history about Dennis and Marilyn. Marilyn was born Marilyn Lee McClenahan on January 24th, 1941 in Detroit, Michigan. And Dennis was born in Sturgis, Michigan on June 13th, 1943. Uh, so just because there was almost like no background I could find about really either one of them as far as like how they grew up or or anything um it should also be noted that dennis's job at the time when him and marilyn were together was a property assessor um so basically anybody that's buying a house or purchasing a house on property or just property in general they would have someone come out and assess the property before it's purchased um just to make sure that it passes inspection things like that so um that's just to give a little bit of background about dennis and marilyn they also did have three children two daughters and a son um and i think they get into a little bit about that later because they do ultimately get or are in the process of getting a divorce prior to marilyn being murdered so um so the article starts off. Did you want to start? Sure. Or... Which is really funny because you know on the four on the fifteenth of April. I know, right? It's so weird. Uh, it's April thirteenth today. Yeah, this was half. This was in nineteen ninety. Um, actually, it and when I read this article, this reads a lot like the unsolved mysteries episode. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why I really liked this article. Um, but. As Casper is reading, a lot of this part will really remind everyone of Jeepers Creepers. And if you watch that Unsolved Mysteries episode, this is how it starts out. And you're like, okay, I, I see the connection. Mm -hmm. Totally get the connection. So on the 15th of April of 1990, Ray and Marie Thornton were driving along quiet Snowperry Road in Coldwater, Michigan. As they drove, they played a game they'd made up trying to make up words and phrases out of the number plates that passed them. Listen, I do that now. That is so weird because me and my husband do this. Like, it, I do that now. Do you know what's the thing that creeped me out the most about this? Is that, okay, so even though in the movie it's a brother and sister, in real life this was a couple that were just out on a drive, my husband and I do that all the time. It's something we've done for years since we've been together. We just take drives around back roads, back country roads. I do the same thing with license plates. This, I would never in a million years, because we've been in areas where, like, we're out, you know, like, there's nothing around. I could never in a billion years imagine something like this happening to us. But it's crazy. It's, like, it's just crazy how the scenario was almost identical. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just out for a drive. Hit a little close to home, didn't it? And then I was just like, oh, my fucking God. Like, fucking van and drive by an abandoned I tell you I want to be honest with you though if you if that ever happened to you I think that whoever the guy was would be absolutely terrified of Rick <laughs> listen well we wouldn't go back and stop like I know we'll get well, yeah no in, no also again guys there were no cell phones during this time so that was like another thing I was thinking when I was watching right. this I was like okay if this was to happen today as I'm driving by I'm making a I'm making a phone call on the cell 9 phone immediately, immediately. 
like, what the fuck? Police station. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As the green 1984 Chevy truck passed them at high speed, Marie won that round of the game. The GZ on the plate made her exclaim, geez, he must be in a hurry. The couple continued on their amble, and it wasn't long until they passed an old schoolhouse and saw a man trying to dispose of a white sheet that was covered in blood. Marie saw a vehicle parked between the school and a large tank and knew immediately it was the same Chevy she had that had overtaken them earlier. The pair continued driving to find a phone, and Marie wrote down that she remembered what she remembered of the license plate. However, their journey was interrupted when they saw the truck coming up quickly behind them. It followed them closely for a few miles and eventually turned off the road into a lay-by. Ray and Marie needed to see the number plate again and uh, to give police more information, so they turned around and went back to the truck. Mistake number one. Like, I'd be getting bad vibes from that shit. So, obviously, and obviously, mm-hmm. if you're seeing him dispose of something in a white sheet covered in blood, that's such a, why, why, no. I'm not saying no. As they passed, the tall man wearing a white hat was standing at the back of the vehicle with the doors open, changing the number plates. He'd also left the passenger drawer a dar, and the interior was visibly covered in a large amount of blood. Rand Marie could only imagine what the man had done, but they would soon find out the news. Now, on the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Ray was actually interviewed, and the way he said it happened was that him and Marie were driving along, Dennis passed them in the van, again, she says the G's thing because she knows there's a GZ, they do drive past the school and see him dump this white bloody sheet, they drive all the way past it, they don't yet stop at a phone, he actually catches up to them and uh, rides, kind of like it's like riding their ass for about two miles till they turn off a side road to not only get away from him, but to also maybe try to get behind him to get his full license plate down because that's what she was, that's what Marie was trying to write down. When they turned off the, off this like side road and were turning around that's when they noticed that he had stopped and pulled over in that lay-by and he was wearing a white beanie cap and the whole, again, what Casper said, he had gotten out, had the back doors open, the side door open, it was changing the license plate. And as they were turning by him to see, they, Marie noticed the door, the passenger door open and the whole side panel of the door was covered in blood. And she freaked out and said, drive, 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 Ray. And that's when they got to a phone as soon as they could. Gave them what of the license plate they could, but at this time, and then of course let them know that he was changing. They visibly saw him changing the license plate, didn't want to wait any long. You know, because you don't know if he's going to kill them. Right, you don't know. Like, you have no fucking clue. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't have, oh my God. I mean, like as bad as you want to get the license plate, I just wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere near... It's kind of like, you know, a haunted house, or not a haunted, but like a horror movie. When you hear a noise and you know what it is, as much as you want to get as more detail as you can, just get out. Yeah, you're just, just fucking go. It's not worth it. Um, so earlier that day, 46-year-old Dennis DePew went over to his ex-wife's home to pick up his children. Joint custody had been part of the divorce settlement, but despite Dennis not living at the house anymore... He was still using the guest house as an office. He had also managed to get into the house when no one was around, even though his wife, Marilyn, changed the locks because she was scared of her ex-husband. This was actually 
corroborated by a former co-worker of Maryland's they interviewed in that Unsolved Mysteries episode. Um, the divorce wasn't a surprise, and Marilyn had confided in friends that Dennis was a bully. However, during agreements, Dennis was forthcoming and offered Marilyn whatever she wanted from the settlement. Even so, there were underlying issues that their children had picked up on. Um, I think their one daughter, I don't remember if it was Jennifer or Julie, I think it might have been Jennifer they interviewed, but she said that their fights were so strange as to they just would never speak especially Dennis, like he just wouldn't talk at all. Like she remembered Marilyn would try to talk to him and he would almost just kind of stare off, like just wouldn't even respond. So it was like, where, whereas you would think like, oh, well, did they fight? And she's like, no, it was actually the complete opposite. They didn't talk at all. That's so weird. And it was like, oh my God. So obviously the kids were witnessing this. They saw what was going on and they they were kind of creeped out by their dad. Like, what the hell? This is very weird. And, you know, even though immediately Dennis made it seem that Marilyn was actually the one that was turning the kids against him. Um, so Julie, Jennifer, and Scott did not want to spend time with their father. And on that day in April, the youngest, Julie, refused to get in the car, and the others quickly followed suit. A fight erupted between the children and Dennis, uh, and Marilyn joined in. Uh, Dennis accused his wife of turning his children against him, and in anger, he pushed her down the stairs and began beating her as the children looked on. So Jennifer ran to the neighbor's home to call for help, but on her return, Dennis told her he was taking Marilyn to the hospital. They never arrived at any of the emergency rooms, and Marilyn was never seen alive again. When the Thornton saw Dennis by the school, he was disposing of the sheet he used to transport her dead body. The animal hole he tried to push the sheet down wasn't large enough, and when Ray Marie went back to see what he had been up to, they found it sticking out of the ground. When police, it's so funny, like, you go through all of this shit to hide all of this shit and you aren't even fucking good at it. When police and forensics arrived on the scene, the Michigan State Police and the Sheriff's Office had already begun their manhunt for him, following the call from Jennifer. The area was taped off and nearby forensics found tire tracks and a pool of blood. The treads would later be linked to Dennis's truck and the blood was matched to Marilyn. The next day, her body was discovered in the brush next to a quiet road, Halfway between home and the schoolhouse, she'd been shot in the back of the head by her husband. In the days following his wife's murder, Dennis went on the run and sent several letters to family and friends. He posted 17 letters in total, with various postmarks from across East American states. They were full of long rants where he tried to justify killing Marilyn. Marilyn had many, many opportunities to treat me fairly during this divorce, and she chose to string it out, trick me, lie to me. And when you lose your wife, children, and home, there's not much left. I was too old to start over. Three months after Marilyn's murder, Dennis sent another letter. This time it was 13 pages in length and quoted verses from the Bible and contained more rambles from the fugitive. I'm just posting some Bible verses. Let's just talk about Jesus and the Lord. Yeah, I mean, it was really... They were just all very strange in the fact that everything just seemed to point back to it sort of ultimately being Marilyn's fault. Of course. Like it was it was her fault that she was the one that was turning 
she was the one that was turning their kids away from away from him and i think really well when he he was an um from what i could from what little bit i could find he was an only child so i think to him any you know and this happens too i think that you i think to him he felt like all he had was like his job and his family and when his family crumbled he felt like there was nothing else so he was trying to hold on to whatever relationship he could with his kids to where ultimately though his kids were starting to figure out like you know because they're reporting like you can't even talk to him mm -hmm. like he would throw the ball around with his son he would you know at school event you know maybe like to the outside world look like a normal dad a normal husband whatever whatever but at but at home and behind closed doors he was just this really strange person he would just be really despondent he wouldn't talk at all he would just stare off and just no communication whatsoever and it's like you know these weren't little kids by the time they were going through this divorce they were you know teenage age and you know they were by then like hey we can pretty much make up our own minds as to whether or not we want to have any type of relationship with our father like right that's our choice if we want to do that like we don't have to we don't have to have a relationship with our dad um yeah and i just it's just so unfortunate when things like that happen period that it's parents turn it into something that literally has nothing to do with the children it's really their thing you know obviously it doesn't end like this no where you know they go psycho and and kill the other person but um just yeah very much that like this has nothing to do with the child this is really their thing yep but immediately they turn it into oh you're turning me against my children and it had nothing to do with that um but yeah that in that 13 page letter that he sent that was something that they mentioned on unsolved mysteries he says this thing like an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth a lie for a lie a life for a life that's what he said so okay i guess well and then that takes us into the next part of the story so the unsolved mysteries episode that i mentioned again i believe it was season three episode 20 uh it aired in march of 1991 so this is almost a full year after he's murdered marilyn and uh a woman named mary the night the episode screened arrived to her home in Dallas, Texas, and she was surprised that she saw her boyfriend's vehicle in the driveway. Um, because now they interviewed her, um, they did not show her face, and Mary is obviously not her real name. They interviewed her in this episode, and she mentioned that usually, because he was still driving the same Chevrolet van. He was still driving the same truck. And, but he would park it in the garage, 
So he knew enough to make sure it wasn't seen, even though he had changed the license plate and he was in Texas by now. He had also grown a mustache, which, you know, I mean, facial hair does help, but obviously not him still look like the same person, creepy eyes. So what really surprised her was that she noticed not only was he home early, he hadn't parked it in the garage. It was in the driveway. So he was going by the name Hank by now. She said as soon as she opened the door, she was confronted by Hank, being Dennis, who told her that he needed to go home to visit his mother, who was very ill at the time. He asked Mary to pack him some sandwiches and drinks for the road while he packed his realities. It, realities. His re his belongings. Listen, no, listen, listen. Hold on. Oh, my God. I can we pack combined. our realities? I mean, can we, though? Can we just pack our realities and go... Can we, though? Seriously. That'd be a great time. Because if that's a real thing, I would love to do that right now. Let's pack our realities. Oh, there goes gravity. I love it. <laughs> I love all of that. Same. I'm sorry. Packing I our reality. I literally Little did you know that words. messing that up would create this wonderful idea. That now is going to be stuck. Where I'm like, listen... I really want to do that. I'd really like to pack my realities. I would love to <laughs> right about now. Okay. <laughs> Hank, Dennis, packing his belongings while Mary <laughs> making sandwiches, grabbing sodas. Okay. So in reality, Hank, Dennis, was trying to keep her busy so she didn't see the TV and see him staring back at her on the screen because the Unsolved Mysteries episode was on. Could you imagine... Ew. I I wonder how many people that actually happens to. Because, you know, there's so many of those shows out there where it's like, oh, we're looking for such and such, such and such. And you're like, you happen to be watching TV one day and you're like, yo, what? Why do they look so familiar? Why does that guy look familiar? Or why does she look familiar? What is happening? Um, so the 1984 Chevy van, again, same van. He packed it up. Hank, gave her a hug. Uh, and that was one thing Mary said in the interview that she noticed that he was acting really, he gave her almost like a peck on the cheek, like a, not like they were in a relationship. It was very strange. Like he'd never, and she's like, can I have a hug? And he sort of gave her like this pat hug, just super weird. Like she knew, she knew something was going on. Maybe not to that extent, but she thought just his behavior was very strange. Um, Mary never saw the man again, but would soon find out who he really was. Her friend was the one who called the hotline, reporting that Mary's boyfriend was Dennis DePew. She gave the operator his license plate number, where they thought he was going, and in just four hours, Dennis was located. Louisiana state troopers were the first to spot the vehicle. They tried to stop the vehicle, but instead embarked on a high-speed chase that lasted for 15 miles. Warren County Sheriff Paul Barrett told his team to shoot out the truck's tires if they couldn't stop Dennis, and they succeeded hitting both back wheels. Dennis managed to drive on the rims for half a mile before the car eventually gave up and stopped. He shot at the officers with his gun. Now, this was really crazy because in the Unsolved Mysteries episode, they showed his van after the shootout. And, like, you see the tires blown out. You see the two shots in the windshield. And then you see all the blood on his driver's seat. And you're like, holy shit. So he shot at the officers, two of them going through the windscreen, um, one of them through an open window. Then he turned the gun on himself. 
and shot himself. Dennis is buried at Eagle Cemetery in LaGrange County, Indiana, far away from his wife's final resting place in Oakland County, Michigan. Because she's actually buried closer to where, to uh, her family. Certain actions by Dennis DePew were depicted in that, in that episode I mentioned of Unsolved Mysteries, and they were clearly the basis of the beginning of the 2001 film Jeepers Creepers. Thankfully, the creeper is fiction. Dennis DePew is long gone. I just, I hate when they turn, when they kill themselves like that because they don't get just, you don't really get justice from that. They do it because it's the easy way out. Literally none. All you have, you know, you have, you have the ramblings of a madman. I mean, these, these letters that he sent out are just pure lunacy. All, all, every single thing that he says in all those letters is essentially blaming Marilyn for her own for her own murder like she murdered herself she did or that it was her fault that her murder happened I mean it was just yeah they sound ridiculous they sound ridiculous and they sound like somebody that is trying to make excuses for what he did well yeah he's victim blaming oh because he's not that's what abusers do they victim no blame. Doubt. No doubt. But I mean, even Big she, time. she, I love that she was even getting a divorce from him because even she's like, I don't feel safe around him. Motherfucker's weird. Everybody's like, this motherfucker's weird. And then he ends up killing her. Because he got mad that she was turning the kids on him when in reality he was turning the kids against himself. Because he was a weirdo. Oh, for sure. Especially if you can't like... If you like, you literally don't even talk to your kids at like all. you have no relationship with like you can't even you can't even have a discussion with your children you can't even talk to them you can't even you know but it's so sad because it's like there's so few things that are actually known about Dennis mm-hmm. um Like, he was just a really, uh, it says here, okay, so I'm trying to, huh. Yes. Well, I was reading something, there were some blogs, there's a, I guess there's an Unsolved Mysteries blog, and they were talking about this specific case, like, as far as, um, how old the kids would be by now, they would all be in their 40s. Um, and just when they first got together, I guess they had kids very early on in, in the relationship and, um, supposedly he was suicidal. That was something else Mm -hmm. that was brought up quite a bit, um, that, uh, Marilyn confided in to coworkers was that she was. I guess another thing that she was afraid of was that if she left him that he would kill the kids and kill himself just to further put blame and guilt on her. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just sounds to me like like he expected her to just live like that and the kids to just live like that. Like just this non-existent like you know, we're we're gonna act like we're this big happy wish, family, but I wish we had more backstory on him. 
I know there was so I little. I really do. I looked, and again, guys, I'm so sorry. There was so little to find. Like there was just very little information about this case. You know, obviously everything pointing to the similarities with the very beginning scenes of Jeepers Creepers with the couple finding him dumping the bloody sheet, very similar to the brother and sister finding the the creeper dumping the bloody sheet. Um, but as far as Dennis himself, there was just so little information except... Um, you know, like I said, from where, you know, where he's from, essentially, and, uh, you know, where he grew up and that kind of thing. I just wasn't able to really find much other information besides that. It just... Like, I need to know early home life. I need to know some shit. Yeah. Because what the fuck made him like that? Because that's really strange. And they were literally just barely talk. Just except that he was, you know, an only child, right? And uh, you know, married him and Marilyn married young and had their three kids pretty quickly. Um, which makes me wonder: when they got married, you know, was he more talkative? Was he different when they got married? Because you know, she wouldn't have married him if he was like that. When they got married was... It definitely sounds like things probably changed over time. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, if you if you had this... If it's true that there was this whole idea of Dennis being the type of person or them having the type of family that where it was more about keeping up with appearances and acting like on the outside that... You've got everything together and it's this great relationship and everything's perfect. But really, at the surface, you're not happy. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not, there is literally no communication. There's no talking. There's, there's nothing. There's literally nothing. And then on top of that, she was actually like, I... <laughs> I mean, that was actually how she described her own husband was that she was creeped out by him. I mean, and this was even, this was even before they got, this was even before they split up, you know? And I think she was just trying to keep the peace as much as possible by letting him still use the guest home as like an office, like just to try to, okay, you know, he says I'm trying to keep him from the family. Well, you know, maybe if I do this, this will keep him from saying that because really I'm not. I'm still allowing him to have access so he's close enough to the kids. But that he actually shouldn't be coming in the house because, you know, again, that was the other thing. He never, he didn't contest anything about the divorce. He said whatever she wanted, she could have. Gave her the house, no big deal. So if that's the case, like, why are you just coming? Because that was, that was the biggest problem. Like, even before she changed the locks, he was all, you know, ready, willing, and able to do everything to, you know, like, okay, whatever you want. You want the house, no big deal. But then he would just come into the house. Like, he still lived there. And would, like, go in the fridge and just, and the kids would be like, the fuck? Yo, dad, you're not supposed to be in here. And 
he would say things to the kids like, oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. Me and your mom talked about it. And Marilyn would be like, no, that is not what happened. And she would go back to her lawyer and constantly get advice like, you know, how should I handle this? This is kind of creeping me out that he's just, you know, like he, he gives me the house. No big deal. But then just shows up and walks in the house and, as if he still lives here. And like, he can't be doing that either. So that's when the lawyer advised her, change the locks. And so she didn't tell him. She just changed the locks. And all of a sudden he picks the locks and she comes home and he's just sitting on, he's like sitting on the couch, just sitting there. And she's like, what, what are you doing in here? And like, that set him over the edge. It's almost like it, his brain wasn't comprehending that that was happening. Nope. And so when she said, what are you doing here? And he... He was probably already mad that he had to pick the locks. But it was like starting to like set in with him that this is happening. And I think that's why he snapped. Oh, I think that happens a lot without anybody going crazy. But I do think that happens a lot. Oh, yeah. Where one, one partner is just not accepting at all of a divorce or a separation. Like, they're just not. They're just in denial. They're just not willing to move on. Yeah. And they're just in total denial. And yeah, no, you thing. can you can very well have that happen to you and you not, you know, kill your spouse. Exactly. <laughs> because you're yeah. Because you're not Dennis the Kill. I really believe that this was just someone who, you know, again, the despondence, the lack of communication, the depression the suicidal ideations, the just the the very strange behavior. I think there were just a lot of things that probably showed in Dennis that nobody, you know, I think it was some, I think with certain people like that, it builds. Yeah. Like it, there, there may be little things here and there that people probably saw in his past but they were just so subtle until... You wouldn't really amount it to anything. Right. You would go, okay, well, you know, maybe this behavior was kind of weird or maybe this was kind of strange, but, you know, chalk it up to whatever, whatever, until him and Marilyn get married. And then it was just like a chain of events was set off. And really his biggest thing was blaming her. I think he felt like at that point, all he had was his kids. Yeah. And as soon as his kids were like, listen, we're old enough to make a decision on whether or not we want a relationship with you. And right now we just don't want that. Because that was another thing that was discussed too, was once it, it was almost like he didn't give a fuck before when they were together. But now all of a sudden that Marilyn wants the divorce, it's like now all of a sudden he's acting like he gives a fuck. And that's another thing that the kids were like, okay. Like, that's weird, too. That now, all of a sudden, you're like, you could have cared less to spend any time with us unless it was to fit, to make you look good. Mm -hmm. But now, all of a sudden, it's this, like, you have to spend time with us and it has to be on your terms and you have to be, you know, and, like, to show for, for what? 
you know. And again, yeah, like I yeah. said, these kids were these they were not little kids. They mm -hmm. were teenagers. Like they were And they were like, That's kinda fucking weird. Yeah, like we don't want to fucking be around here. Yeah, we're cool. We're not we're not down like we're not We're down not something yeah. something's weird with that. Like Isn't there a movie or like there's something going on? We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. We need to talk about Dennis. Yeah. Because that ended up being a school shooting. Right. And I think, see, again, I think Dennis, Dennis probably never showed any violent tendencies at all. And I think a lot of people like that. It's not that they are. I think that they just, they're one of these people, they just snap. It builds and it builds and it builds and they, just and they hold and they suppress uh -huh. and they hold and they suppress. Mm -hmm. And then just like anger. But theirs is very uncontrolled and unpredictable. They blow up. When someone basically. snaps like that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because again, this did not have to work out like this. This could have been just like any other divorce. Just like any other separation, they move on. The kids get older. Maybe he works through some things and the kids start to be, you know, rebuild a relationship with their dad. I mean, just you, you hear this type of thing happen all the time. Very, very, very common. Very common thing that happens. But in this case, it was just the exact opposite. And it's... But again, like we said, it just, it definitely seemed like this was something that was building a lot over time that at some point was going to happen one way or the other. When did you say he was born again? Do you have that still pulled up? 1943. What year? Or uh, not year. June. I'm sorry. He's a Gemini. <laughs> it's really of funny that things. I said I would defend Geminis until the day I die at the beginning of this podcast. Well... Females. They're, Females. they're not all bad. Females. Females. <laughs> they're not all bad. <laughs> it's really funny because there are people that are like, there are no Taurus serial killers. And I'm like, H.H. Holmes. Boom. H.H. Holmes was a Taurus. I'm like, there's no Taurus ones mentioned very often besides him because Tauruses are smart. Well, I think there's just a, there's a, you know, I think everybody could, <laughs> I think everybody at some point, if they really, really wanted to, just could, could be that villain. Oh yeah, 100%. You know, I've, I've said it myself, like, you know, if I really, if I I really, I think it was something on TikTok I saw where it was like, you know, if I didn't want to work, if I wasn't doing all this healing and working on myself, like I could be the worst villain, like my villain era, like it could be, oh yeah. Like yeah. if I didn't actually and see. And mine would be bad. Mine would be bad. Like it if I bad. didn't see the truth and actually work on myself and want to work on myself and want to be better and want to help people. I would be the exact opposite. Yeah, I would be bad. But also, we're empaths, and our frontal oh, lobe sure. of our brain developed correctly. Yeah, yeah, no which doubt. is actually very neat when you go into the science with all that with the brain, because like that frontal lobe that holds like compassion and like the way you treat people and the way you actually look at people 
Because, like, I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I can barely even harm an animal. Like, there's no way in hell I could genuinely kill a person. I just, there's, it makes me sick to even think about doing something like that. And I'm like, I may joke, you know, you joke about it all the time where you're like, I'm going to kill you or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, when you sit and actually think about killing a person, it makes me, it makes me sick. Like, I could never imagine doing that. So. Well, you know, and I never, I never understand in instances like this, too, when it's someone like, you know, it it made me sort of think a little bit about that, uh, oh, God, that Chris, uh, that guy that killed his wife and kids. Fuck that asshole. Yeah, fuck him. Literally fuck that guy. I can't. What I can't dick even. Wad. But it's just like when you do something like that in front of your children, and you take the mother, you take your children's mother away. Like I don't. Anybody that can like kill their own spouse, kill their own children. Like I just, I don't know. I just, I really, you know, because I think he would have been one step away from from doing that, like, killing his kids and killing her, like, no doubt, like, I don't, I, I could have totally seen that happening, and thank God the kids are still alive, you know, even though their mom was taken away in such a brutal way, you just pray that those, you know, that those kids are okay, and, you know, and that they were able to have pretty normal lives yeah some type of therapy or or something you just you, you pray for those kids that they that something somehow normal came about with their lives but really at the end of it you know you're just like i guess that's the part of it that you know but again i'm we are you know like you mentioned like we're empathetic people we are empaths the thought of doing that to somebody even even in a even in a even a spur of the moment even in a moment of I, I yeah I mean I don't I don't know I'm not the kind of person that you know you think like I had to be pretty fucking angry and and again it's not even it's it's not like it even had it even had anything to do with that I think that some people are already unstable it's already in them you know that part of their brain didn't develop that that they're they essentially become sociopathic they don't have any empathy they don't have that at all and again you'll see signs in people that you may not you know they they may not ever become like dennis they may never do anything like that to anybody but you know you'll see something like where maybe a dog gets hurt or something like you know i You'll see things. You'll notice that. Like maybe maybe a kids are playing on a playground and a little girl gets tripped and she skins her knee and she starts crying and the other kids go over and go, oh, what's wrong, Susie? And then you've got that one kid that just kind of stares like, man, like he just doesn't care. Like that's kind of odd. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when a child or when a person or if a child is watching a movie and a and a dog gets gets hurt or gets hit by a car and hurts his leg or something happens and the kid's just kind of sitting there like 
you know, like just no emotion, that is really strange. Like when there's certain instances where, and you'll see it in, in childhood, whereas a child, there should be some type of empathetic emotion, like something to show, oh, I, I empathize with this person. Like they're hurt and I feel bad for them. I feel bad that they're hurt. If they're just sitting there and there's no like... Like if they don't feel bad, that that is a sociopathic tendency. Like that right there is a worry. You're not you're as a human as a human being, you're supposed to have that trait where if you see someone or something harmed, that it'll you, bother you. That it'll bother you, that you'll feel you you know, you'll you'll feel something. It it'll evoke some type, you know, like, oh, like, you know, you'll you'll feel it in you. But to to have people that are just like, nope, nothing. And I have known people like that in my life. That is a very scary thing to be around people that are like that. Like they may not necessarily be murderers, but yeah, it's 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 a scary thing. You don't have to be so a murderer really, to be a psychopath. No, not at you all. Really don't. No, 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 you don't. No, and you also, really don't, you don't but, have but, to be an empath to feel empathy. No. When you're an empath, you just feel it deeply. No, I mean, you could just be a, You could still be empathetic just, you're just and not a, be an You're empath. just a good person, and you just like, oh, man, I feel bad for this person. Like, something, something bad happened to him. Like, that that, that made me feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're like, yeah, I felt nothing, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's... Oh, no. Oh, that's no. deeply unsettling. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> You okay, mean, Barb? Again, like I said, I've been around people like that where you're just like, nothing? You, you feel? That's when you get away from those people. Oh, get away. Yes, get away. very much. Yes, run. Because even though they may not run. be a murdering psychopath, <laughs> they're still a psychopath. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Yepper. there's still an issue happening. Yeah. Run. Run. Run away. Far and fast away. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, guys. Um, I just yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, God, I'm guys. Again, I'm so sorry we didn't have more information about Dennis, more background. It was just really hard to find. I'm glad I was even able to find what little bit of information I could as far as when he was born, when Marilyn was born, where he grew up, his parents, the fact that he was an only child, and you know the the a lot it, it was it was helpful to watch the unsolved mysteries episode because at least you were able to hear interviews from people that were connected with them so then that gave you some a little, a little background bit of, yeah a little bit of insight but uh yeah i mean you just wish that there was more known about like how dennis grew up did he have any friends like past relationships he's i get had. very it's, into that stuff yeah because it you know it the psychology behind these things makes a difference. Yes. And we've said this before. It's never, ever, ever, ever an excuse for the behavior. No. Ever. No. Because Marilyn was someone's child. Her mm -hmm. parents were interviewed. It was very heartbreaking to hear her mother speak. That really hurt. Uh, you know, hearing her mother say there's no closure. You know, my daughter was taken from me, essentially. Like, that's heartbreaking. Marilyn was someone's child. Marilyn was someone's mother. There there are three children without a mother for the rest of their lives, taken away at very early stages of their lives by their own father. 
who's a complete sociopath, who did nothing but blame their mother the whole way, mm-hmm. the whole way, even even up until the point that he took his own life, blamed her for her own death. It was her fault. So, um, yeah, again, it, it never is an excuse for what the person did. But when something is so horrific in a way like that, there is a psychology behind it. Yep. And understanding that, your hope, and you hear this, there, you know, there, there would not be these forensic psychiatrists, there wouldn't be these psychologists, there wouldn't be these type of people studying this if their goal wasn't to ultimately stop it before it starts to notice the warning signs. Again, the things I pointed out, you notice this in childhood. Mm -hmm. If a child is harming an animal and laughing about it, if a child sees another child harmed and shows no emotion, if they harm another child or harm another animal and show no emotion or, or show a very odd emotion, these are all very early clinical signs of sociopathy or psychopathy. And you see it in very early ages. You see it in those formidable years so that the hope of these experts by studying people like Dennis, like these, these serial killers or these, these murderers that we talk about on here, your hope is that you can prevent more of these type of things by happening, by recognizing these signs. And hopefully if you see these in children, the responsible adult or guardian will get this child help before it gets to the point that they do go out and and shoot up their school, kill their spouse, kill their kids, kill a random person, become a serial killer, anything. I mean, you you your your hope is that you catch it before it gets to that point. Because And there's a show right now on uh you can watch it on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. Not Travel Channel, I'm sorry. ID it's called Signs of a Psychopath, mm-hmm. and it's actually fantastic. That show is so good because it, it does, it takes you back to basically people who know the person that's in question, and they're like, yeah, like, there have been signs, there had mm-hmm. been signs, and a lot of times people will ignore them because, oh, that's my kid, they would never do that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that. my niece, that's my nephew, they would never don't ignore the signs. Don't do it. Because when they're a teen and they're really going through a lot of brain growth and a lot of hormones and all that stuff, it's going to start developing right. real bad and real fast. You know, that's when those signs of, of uh, you know, that that's normally when, when the signs of, of schizophrenia start to mm-hmm. show or in those ages. Um a lot of those mental illnesses will start to show in those years of puberty because of the hormonal changes and imbalances. Yes. So you want to recognize those signs early. And it's not about, you know, if you really love your child, if you love your niece, if you love your nephew, if you really love this child that's in your life as their guardian, their parent, whatever, whatever, if you really love them, you will get them help. Mm Mm-hmm early you won't ignore it you won't say not my not my you won't say that you'll go hey let's make sure it's not mine (laughs) you know what i mean like let's make sure this doesn't happen happen. because if i'm seeing these signs now let's see what we can do now to make sure this doesn't happen so we won't have to talk about this if it's Um, me reading the signs 
Right. Exactly. It's me reading the signs. All right, guys. Well, yep, that was uh, was everything about Dennis DePew. Fun fact, um, this has nothing to do with Dennis DePew, but it does have to do with true crime. So on Monday, wait. On Monday, I didn't think about like what day Wednesday. it was. It's Wednesday. <laughs> on Monday, I went over to my girlfriend's and we both had been like just tired of people. And uh, I was laying in her bed and she's like, do you want me to turn on the TV? And I said, yeah, put on something comfort. This bitch turned on an Eileen Wernos documentary. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a comfort. It's an absolute comfort. It's a comfort. I'm like, it's serial killer. Absolutely comfort. Not to mention one of my top three. So, and she goes, I don't really know too much about her and I haven't really seen the movie. And I was like, listen to our podcast episode on it. Watch the movie and watch all the documentaries you can about her because like fascinating she is so fascinating to me but anyway she had a reason <laughs> yeah she had her reasons i don't I mean, condone I, what she again, did but i get condoning, it not condoning it's like it's just condoning. like i tell people i don't condone it but i get it Right. I understand. There's a difference. I don't fully understand, obviously, because I'm not Huge like that. Difference. But I get where, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I love the backstories. When you see how she grew up and you see what she went through and you see all that shit, it, it makes sense. It correlates why she did what she did. Right. Also, I love the part, there was a part where she said that her girlfriend wasn't a looker. And me and Alex were like, oh, well, and neither the, the fuck are you. In the documentaries. <laughs> yeah. It's like, neither the fuck are you. I'm... No offense, honey, but you're not a looker either. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Eileen, but. And it was I'm funny because Alex, Alex was like, Christina Ritchie is the one who played her girlfriend? And I was like, yeah. Well, I mean, Charlize Theron played, played Eileen. But Jesus Christina Christ. looked like Christina. Charlize did not. She right. looked just like Eileen. Because, like, Ty Ty Tyra? Ty Tyria? What was her name? Tyria. Tyria. Well, I don't know if they used her real name, though. I don't think they did. In the movie, name. no. But she didn't look like her at all. No, 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 no. She didn't. She didn't look like her at all. I think that just more had to do with getting another actor in the movie as a draw... I think movie. Christina did a fine job. I really do. She did She did great. But the movie was... I, I like the movie. Um, I think my biggest gripe with the movie, and again, I just... I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of... Uh, again, and this has nothing to do with what we just talked about or <laughs> next week's episode... Um, but since we're on the topic, um, I, I don't like movies that romanticize people like that. Yeah, no. I just, I, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. That's just my personal thing. Cause again, I. Well, mean, it happens too often. That's Yeah, why. it happens way too often. You know, Charlize is a great actress. Christina is a great actress. They were great. You yeah. Know, for, you know, what they did. But, uh, Eileen was a murderer. Eileen yep. killed people. Yep. She killed people that did not deserve it because 
she was a, a sociopath that had a lot of trauma that needed help. Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, say whatever you want. That that movie just romanticized her a lot. And and it and I feel like especially with uh the LGBTQ community, it romanticized it a little too much. Um cuz I'll be I'll be honest with a lot of people. I don't even think Eileen was a lesbian. I just think she just desperately wanted somebody to love her i don't even think it had i really don't even think she was gay i don't even think it had anything to do with that i think she probably was even asexual i don't even think it had yeah i think, I think it literally had nothing to do with that and that's another part of the movie that kind of i didn't really like because i think that that whole thing was romanticized a lot like Oh, these two lesbians on the run, and oh, poor, like it's just oh god. It's they just did too much make it that. a point at the beginning for her to be like, "I don't like women." Yeah, I don't I'm think it had lesbian. any. I really don't think that it had, but but that's not the point. I don't. What I'm saying is, is it was so romanticized that I could see how certain people were watching the movie and got one idea, and you know, I could I could see how people watched the movie and maybe felt bad for Eileen, and I. I felt bad for her circumstance. I did not feel bad for Eileen. Eileen needed to be caught. Yeah. Eileen needed to go to prison. I mean, Eileen needed to be punished for what she did. She was a murderer. So I mean, you can. It's kind of like you when want, we but... when we talk about certain serial killers, and you have a. I don't want to use the term soft spot, but it's like you. F you kind of feel for them because of what happened to them in their past to create them in their future what ultimately happened i just don't it's the romanticization but of that, serial no. killers that happened it was way really that bad happens Ted Bundy. way too much Real in this bad. country way too many people do it mm -hmm. we as a society do it movies do it these documentaries do it they romanticize the hell out of these people who murdered people mm -hmm. like let's let's not do that let's okay? not forget the point of what actually for, happened you can feel bad for someone's circumstance and for what they went through but it again is no excuses no for taking someone's life that didn't deserve that and 100%. yeah so i had a lot of gripes with that movie <laughs> good movie great actors whatever whatever but i mean again like she won the Academy Award for playing a serial killer. If we don't romanticize that in this country, then I don't know what else. Anyway. It's a fine line. I don't even want to go off into that because anyway. I, I know a lot of people aren't going to agree with me and that's a whole thing, but, you know, it, it is what it is. If you, don't, if you don't like what I have to say, get your own podcast. That's that's what I say about that. You don't have to listen. and You can make your own. Also, if you, you, want if you haven't seen the movie, I highly suggest to watch interviews and documentaries on Eileen first. Yeah. I highly suggest to do that before you watch the film because just kind of like she said, your idea of who she was won't be tainted. Right. When you're when you see who the real Eileen is. The movie makes you feel sorry for her and I don't think anybody I don't think she's someone that you shouldn't feel sorry for. You can feel sorry for someone's circumstance and not feel sorry mm -hmm. for that person. Right. 
and the movie I think makes her a, a victim and I just I didn't I didn't care for that at all it kind of makes you f the movie kind of makes you forget what was happening because it did focus more on the relationship than it focused on the killings and then you know with documentaries they really focus more on the killing and they focus more on her in prison and you get to see who she really was right which is why you need to watch those first before going into the movie oh, God, those documentaries are really good they're fantastic absolutely fantastic so anyway off on that i just thought it was great that i was like put on comfort and she to put on a serial killer documentary <laughs> so next week I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this because I honestly don't know what the hell this is. Um, but thanks. you were talking about shout out, shout out to Shout out to Jack Osborne. This is his favorite cryptid. Um, and this is one we haven't covered. So I thought, why not? Um, and apparently they were really popular in Harry Potter lore. I, listen, if anybody hears Puckwudgies Puck and you're a big Harry Potter fan and you're like, yay, great. I'm glad we will have at least that audience because I know nothing about these as far as Harry Potter lore goes. Um, but apparently they're just like these little troll, like they're literally trolls. I don't know how else to describe them. I literally don't know how else, that's, that's about the best I can say without getting into a lot of detail. You'll have to listen in next week. Um, but even though they do have this, I guess, lore and Harry Potter. Um, they are, the word actually um, is uh, Wampanoag. It's actually in, uh, it, it's an indigenous word, Pukwudgie is. Um, and they've been seen in the U.S. They've been seen, um, there's been sightings in Indiana. There's been sightings in Massachusetts. There's been sightings in Delaware. There apparently have been sightings all over the country. And again, like I said, the way I found out about them was, um, I think it's the show that Jack does with his mom and dad. I think it's the Osbournes one. The Osbournes one, yeah. Dare to Believe or whatever. Um, I think it was that one and that's how it got brought up. And he said that they are his favorite. Jack Osborne was quoted as saying that Puckwudgies are his favorite. Maybe it has to do with Harry Potter for him. I don't fucking know. But he was quoted as saying that Puckwudgies are He's his English. favorite. He's English. It has to be. I, I mean, I would think. <laughs> I would guess. Um, Puckwudgies are his favorite cryptid. So I thought, all right. Shout out Jack Osborne. This one's for you. Uh, we're going to talk about Puckwudgies. I would absolutely not. love to talk to him. Just just to talk to him about his experience, him and Katrina. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get a wild hair up my ass. I'm going to email them. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the... Especially because I've been following her her whole fucking career. Yeah, she's I've been following her since Paranormal Witness. A while. Wait she's a minute now. Paranormal State. I'm sorry. She was on Paranormal right. State with Ryan. Is that was that his name? She's done a lot of different investigations and been to so many different places. Just mm -hmm. to talk to to talk to other people, especially to reach out to other people that have been places that you've been, mm -hmm. and to see what experiences they got versus what you got in the same areas. What yep. if they caught anything? If they did, if they didn't catch anything, like 
I think that's the biggest thing in being able to talk to someone who has investigated places. Yeah, for sure. If you've, if you've done anything similar to that, it's that, yeah, because it is almost kind of like a, because again, a lot of times these places, you only have personal experiences. You don't really have anything that you can actually capture. So if someone else understands on that same level because they've been there so they get it it is really hard unless someone has actually experienced it themselves so that's why it would just be cool i mean not only him but like you said yeah katrina too that would be awesome fuck it i'm gonna do it (laughs) just why not what is the worst they could do is not not respond (laughs) say no why not why not um, also, I'm a huge fan of them, both of them, so, and I'd be like, I love your dad. Um, but anyway, so you guys, that's what we're going to be talking about next week, and it seems like we have beat the storm, so no creepiness for this evening for this one. No thunder. No thunder. Oh, well. So, guys, uh, you know, our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast, DFWTO8811 is the handle uh, if you have any questions concerns or want to email us for suggestions or ghost stories whatever you would like to do email us at dfwto8493 at gmail.com also we have facebook i already did that we have we're on podbean spotify google podcasts and itunes sorry it's always those four and i can always remember three but i can't remember the fourth one but we're on all of those like and subscribe please so, you know when we put out new episodes, usually every Wednesday, but sometimes things come up and it's not, but you'll always get notifications if so. Is that our day? Wait. I believe that's our day. Hey, you got it. You got it. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Be safe out there. Remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. original. Okay, bye. Can't get to the fucking stop button.